Hello, Internet! This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to a not so special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. Because last week, <laughs> Walter made fun of me for saying every episode was special. So, you know what? Lowering expectations early. If this is your first time listening, go listen to part one a couple weeks ago when we did League stuff. That one will get you in the mood for this podcast. And clearly, that's the special podcast, because not every podcast can be special. Right, co host and good friend Walter C80's Fedchuck? Wow. Uh, <laughs> man, you got really, like, violent there all of a sudden. Like, no, not everything can be special, apparently. I'm just saying. This, this like, is what happens when you've been, like, a, uh, in a relationship for, like, three <laughs> years. All of a sudden, it's like, you forgot to take the trash out. No, I didn't. I'm going to do it when I go to work. Well, you didn't take it out last night when I asked you to. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Like, in ten minutes when I leave. No, that doesn't work. That was like, man, that was... Look, I'm just saying, this is what happens. Don't don't date a co-worker. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Just don't date co-workers. Look, man, if you complimented my bad puns like you used to, then maybe we wouldn't have these kind of underlying problems. But this is where we are. And now we're going to have to get through our relationship troubles to produce a podcast for you lovely listeners. And, you know... I. I feel badly. We didn't introduce you on the last pod, but I feel like anyone who's listening to a league podcast that has part two in the name probably <laughs> knows who we are already. So let's hey. just get started with IEM. We're gonna. There's another IEM, Walter. You have to. I mean, is this real? Is this real? I mean, technically, oh, oh. we couldn't. I mean, we could. We could cut this. Are we cutting this? Cutting no. This? Huh? No. Just because it matters, and not some goddamn awful, awful. Oh, All Star Tournament, which which I made a joke earlier. I, I got I got I made a joke on Twitter earlier, and this is Monday, the twelfth of December. Yeah. So apparently, the new uh, 2017 NFL Pro Bowl events have been published. Dodgeball by the official dodgeball. There is Pro Bowl dodgeball. There's a power relay challenge. There's a precision passing challenge, and there's a best hands challenge. Walter. You already said dodgeball. No one needs to listen to any other item on that <laughs> list. That is must-watch television. Do you know how badly I want League of Legends All-Stars uh, dodgeball right now? Like if okay, I could see Faker and Bjergsen captaining their own dodgeball Here's the sports? real question, though. Yes. Here's the real question. Yes. Are they going to use rubber dodgeballs or the foam, like, soft pansy ones? I think you go full rubber. You have to go. You have I, to pull the full monty. I think you have to, and I think you have okay. to tell each team, like they have to do it dodgeball movie style, where like Fire and Ice, they go really in on the theming. And, the and I can confirm, Monte Cristo will be casting that dodgeball tournament. Yeah, he and Doe have to. They'll come in Congrat- from the congratulations, rafters. Monty. Congratulations. That'll be it'll be fantastic. It'll be wonderful. It, it's great. It'll so, be fantastic. So as you guys can tell, we're really excited about IEM. <laughs> Gyeonggi, uh, I believe it is. I'm probably Gyeonggi. Okay, that, you know what? We've talked about this tournament five times, and I have I care so little about this tournament. I haven't bothered to learn one word, Gyeonggi. But okay, I I guess Walter. All all of the jokes aside, is there anything that is exciting to you about this tournament? Not you know rosters because rosters are going to be very unproven at this point and we're going to talk about rosters in particular oh. a little bit more but just i mean is it what, what excites you about this why why am i as a viewer at home tuning into this event 
we get to see the boss toss coaching his first international league of legends event for those of you who know nothing what i'm talking about i'm talking about former starcraft 2 professional and legend mc the legendary yes. terran player he is the coach of kongdu monster i forgot about that until you just pointed it coach. out Monster, that I would have... be exciting if they weren't Kongdu Monster. <laughs> if they weren't Kongdu. But unfortunately they are. And this is this is one of those things, right? You look at this the, the group of people participating in this tournament. And if I were just trying to get you on name value alone, we're already I mean just you know, you go through the list. Vega Squadron. How many times have we seen Vega Squadron at an international tournament like this? Time and out, then never again. Time out, though, because you are leaving one very crucial part D does of Vega Squadron's roster out. The support. One of the legendary IEM killers himself. Is he the fourth Edward. member of... I was going to say, is he the fourth member of uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie from back in the day? <laughs> Just secretly waiting for his moment. Ed, Ed, Eddie, and Edward. Yeah, that it works out. Yeah. That's exciting to me. Edward's going to be leading his ragtag bunch of uh, of Russians. And uh, I think Lex... What, what, where's Lex from? Moldova. Yes. Three Russians, Moldova, and Edward is uh, is Armenian. That's true. So there you go. They, he gets to lead them into battle. I can't wait for the 22-minute barons in their games. It's It'll going to be... Yeah, it's going to be fun. That, that's, that absolutely has to be a thing that happens. I, I mean, and look, for that kind of potential these tournaments are fun right because we don't have to root for quality league of legends like we do at worlds when teams like flash wolves lose at worlds it's not fun because we're there to watch the best teams be the best teams here we're watching what is essentially a tournament of teams that were voted in or were scrapped together from every other team desperately trying to get out of the tournament let me remind you uh teams that said no to coming to this tournament cloud nine G2 Esports, Royal Never Give Up, uh, the Rocks Tigers technically couldn't. Cloud9 um, Cloud isn't coming because they automatically qualify for Katowice. That's okay. why they aren't here. They didn't say no, it was that they automatically qualified for, for IEM World Championships in Katowice. So it's the, the Rocks Tigers are the ones that had to forfeit, and Snake forfeited as well. So we have no Chinese team. No one from China wanted to attend. Man. It was a free Chinese spot, and no one wanted to take it. Kongdu Monsters claimed a famous second place in the Kespa Cup. J-Team is here. Everyone get hyped for that. J-Team. We get Bebe, dude. Bebe? I, I like mean, season two worlds all over again. I mean, here, how Bebe, about this? Edward? Give me, give me a case that tells me that this tournament is not Samsung Galaxy and the seven other teams that happen to be forced to play a tournament against them. Um, <laughs> this is Samsung versus the seven other teams that happen to be in cool. again. Yeah, that's this is exactly. I I think it's I think it's very important for the three Western teams that are there though. Um, unveiling new roster pieces, mm -hmm. whether they're super confirmed or not. I think especially for Immortals, uh, unveiling Dardock and Flame together will be massive. Getting yes. Cody Sung, Massacre, TM8, whatever you want to call them. Um, their rookie AD carry getting him some experience along with his uh, his rumored support, which according to Jacob Wolf of ESPN is Ole, uh, previously of Pain Gaming and Hong Kong Esports and KT Rolster Arrows. So there's a throwback for you. 
Um, I always like to think of that that career in reverse would be really <laughs> impressive, but unfortunately, <laughs> you were going from most recent to least recent. Yeah. So it really that arc just. Yeah, but, it's it's. I mean, but look, Immortals has a a coaching staff and a scouting staff that is clearly competent. Um, they they managed to get a lot of very talented players. Now, were they able to convert that to actual playoff talent? No. Um. And there are a lot of reasons we could go over why that was the case. You know, that's something that I think a lot of analysts have looked at and tried to figure out just how does a team that was so dominant back-to-back splits in the regular season do so poorly? You know, this is this is Immortals' time to show that, you know, their system can work, that they can still get these talented players and find a way to extract the most out of them, not just in the regular season when these head-to-head matches don't matter so much, but in an actual tournament competitive setting where everything is on the line. I mean, Immortals versus J-Team is going to be their first international game, I, re- I believe. I, 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 can't, I can't think of them against any other international opponent. J- J-Team or Immortals? Immortals. Immortals? Yeah, th- this is actually this this is is debuting international events for both organizations. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. Te- J-, J Team bought TPA, but technically it's a yeah. new organization, new ownership. Like, it can, it, can I use that excuse to TPA? not be a J Team fan? Is that available on the table? Yeah, absolutely. Nah, you, it's, the absolutely. Same, it's the same players. I can't Owners, do that. Ownership, ownership changes are always open to, to leave fandoms. Trust me, I'm waiting that's, for Reggie to get bought out. That's fair. Except I like Jay Chow. That's the problem. I don't. I can't well, say like. Stuck. I, I am <laughs> stuck. I gave you an out. You don't want to take it. I look. I I'm, a, you know, very masochistic when it comes to my fan choices. <laughs> to people who listen to this podcast know that by now. I mean, oh. look. It. You know, I I know there are a lot of people that are very excited for this event. I know there are a lot of people who enjoyed All Stars last weekend. Uh, great for you if you happen to be in one or both of those camps. Um, this podcast, we're just not, and it comes down to these games don't really tell us much uh we've seen a lot of good teams have bad iem performances we've seen bad teams win iem we've seen you know (laughs) that one world elite year where they couldn't even be a top 10 team in their region that was funny and that they were went to the finals yeah exactly so like oh and and, and none of this is being played on a patch that's going to be competitively relevant and it's you know a a very broken patch in 6.2 this is this is going to be on, yeah, 6.23. I, I think that's huge. Because as much as, like, All-Stars was like, yeah, it's competitive League of Legends. It's competitive League of Legends. Like, me giving my cat a treat is, like, lion taming. It's just... Yeah. And, like, this is an internet... This is a competition. This is an international competition. It's one of the very few that we get every year. And while, uh, yeah, some teams just abandon it, don't really look too hard at it this is a very big test for a bunch of these teams Mm -hmm. in terms of unveiling new rosters or in the case of potentially giants they're playing with mighty bear who's on loan from vitality they haven't said that he's their confirmed their full-time jungler they just said you know playing with us for iem is mighty bear so this could be a chance like it was for wild turtle at oakland god rest my soul (laughs) to earn a spot on Giants roster, this is like I said, this is a time for uh, for Cody Sung to get some experience, especially playing with new players. It's time for Dardock and Flame to get on the same page. It's you know for Samsung, this is probably going to be pretty much a walk in the park. They're probably not going to try very hard 
not going to try very hard, but it allows them to fine tune some things coming off of worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully crown has like expanded his champion pool and and he'll look a little better. Um, it'll give me some, some reassurances about ambition and probably score in the jungle of how well they adapt and, and continuing on with the jungle meta and what champions are really good at it. I'm not understanding the the massive amount of Rek'Sai play. I, that that confuses me slightly uh, that we saw at All Stars, but that could just be a comfort thing. So I'm Rek'Sai I'm more interested. I'm more interested in this one than I was Oakland. I'll be honest. I'm more interested in this than I was Oakland. And I'm very happy for you. I <laughs> I, I mean, look, I I just find the the first patches when we have the new season or the preseason as it is known are always a mess. It's always busted. There are champions that are just flat out broken. There are a lot of tweaks that haven't happened yet. And none of this is, this is like what happened when we watched China on 5.16 heading into worlds last year. And we were like, Oh my God, there's all these juggernaut changes. And we have this one tournament and like, Oh, now we know which Chinese teams are super strong. No, we didn't. <laughs> we, like it was completely misleading down this dead end, and I'm just tired of it with these IM events. I don't. I'm not gonna do this to myself. I shout out to you know guys like like Mighty Bear. This is a huge tournament for him, undoubtedly. Uh, Dark Passage Vega Squadron. These are huge tournaments for them. Uh, you know, Piglet. I I I would say this. You know, Golden Glue. Oh my God, what a huge tournament. I mean, for individuals, there's going to be a lot of the line. Uh, unless you are a hardcore League of Legends fan, I mean, there's there's got to be like or a degenerate gambler, like or a degenerate myself. gambler. Yeah, I'm sure Unicorn has some really nice odds on on some of these things. But I'm I'm not going to spend too much time on that. I want to spend more time theory crafting, Walter. This is where we get to have some fun up in here. Oh boy, we got some rosters, roster news coming our way uh, in all of the regions that we plan on covering regularly on this show which is europe north america and korea from time to time um we're not going to talk about china because we're not chinese experts god knows until it gets to around playoffs we're just absolutely useless there's too many there's games too it's many too teams there's, yeah it's just i i give frost and and yeah kelsey and all, all, that, all like... hail kelsey all hail i appreciate you i yeah. will continue to read everything you write there's no way I'm going to follow the region side to side. And, and and let's be real here. I think the day that Walter says to me, hey, let's talk about Taiwan is the day hell freezes over. So I'm not Or the day they get an English cast. That would be great. Man, I've only had written several articles of the date of that nature over the last couple of years. God, How about you, you, you and Captain Flowers can get together and you guys only, can be the unofficial Taiwanese cast. If James Obscurica Chen weren't rolling in his grave right now, <laughs> I'd have a lot of strong feelings about the English cast that we need for Taiwan. I, I can confirm Obscurica is in fact alive. He is currently in a voice chat talking to people in Discord. I can see the little bubble moving and like blinking like, yes, he's talking, he's talking. So he's still alive. He's not in a grave. That is what they would want you to think, Walter. But (laughs) but let's start with this Giants gaming roster. Um, Flaxish in the top lane. Uh, He obviously is a guy who's bounced around the challenger scene quite a bit. Um, Never really stuck anywhere, but the sheer number of teams that he's been on has been impressive, to say the least. Uh, You talk about upset. He is a much younger, I guess, if you're if you're looking at competitive experience. He bounced around a few different teams trying to qualify for the summer uh, Challenger Series before eventually just kind of falling out. And now Mighty Bear, who 
is at least trying out for the position coming from Vitality, since Vitality doesn't really have any use for him anymore. Walter, when you look at that roster, assuming that Mighty Bear does enough to keep the job, which is a big if and a big assumption. We have no idea who else is trying out for it. I haven't heard any names. But if that is the final roster, where do you see that roster ending up in the current EU landscape? Uh, probably mid-tier again. Probably, you know, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. Mm. Um, it, Knight was absolutely phenomenal. He is a beast. Um, he is a very, very good mid laner. And earlier on in the season, he, he tailed off towards the end, towards, you know, week nine and into the playoffs. Um, and definitely in, in the uh, regional tournament, um, he trailed off quite a bit. But during the regular se- during the beginning parts of the regular season, he looked like he deserved to be up there with all the great mid laners in Europe. He yes. he looked like he was better than uh, better than Fabian. He looked you know just as good as Perks did. Um, just across the board, looked really really good. Maxlor looked okay. I that change kind of confuses me a little because I didn't think he was much of a problem. Um, going from Sonstar to Upset, I mean. It could be a lateral move, but upset could surprise us and be a very good young rookie. Yeah, Hustlin was fine. He's okay. He was, you know, a, a mediocre support. Uh, Flashix, Flash, however you pronounce his name, Flaxish, Flaxish, Flaxish. Yeah, he's the one that intrigues me because he, like you said, he has bounced around Challenger all over the place. He's been he's. Played solo queue so much, he gets up into the upper echelon of solo queue. He played North American solo queue from Europe, and he played European solo queue from North America. Like that is all the true. Dude, the dude just plays League of Legends, and he is very mechanically skilled at League of Legends. Um, there are some like mentality, trolly attitude kind of issues that have followed him around, um, yes. but. When he's actually been on stage, mechanically he's been phenomenal. And when playing for Nova Esports in the North American Challenger Series last split, he was definitely the bright spot on a team that included him and Koo, if I believe correctly. Um, He definitely really was the guy that was keeping them in games. There were definitely some games where earlier on when he was playing things like Fiora, um, carry-style champions, that he was solo carrying that team to victories and, and to relevancy into the Challenger playoffs in North America, which was kind of surprising when you thought about the, the level of talent that was there. So he's the one that if Giants is going to be anything more than just a middle-of-the-pack struggling to get in the playoffs team, mm-hmm. it's going to be him. Because they proved last split that with Knight, Knight's fantastic, but it also required a kind of impressive performance out of Sonstar in the last half of the split to really turn them on and turn them into like third seed by the end of the split um which mm, three through seven was all pretty even yeah um so i I think it'll really come down to to flaxish since he has more experience at upset and has been on stage um in more situations so i i would definitely be looking towards top lane for giants to really be the the driving force of their success See, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, and it's mostly because I I think that all roads, especially in this particular meta, but just in League in general, all roads lead through the jungle. You know, this team last year, why why did they fall apart in the playoffs? Oh, because Maxlor couldn't cut it, because the enemy team was able to get too much vision, dictate too many of the battles, too much control over the, the Giants' jungle. They couldn't keep up with that kind of pressure when teams were able to put some pressure on them, like the Unicorns of Love, for instance. Um, 
that's not going to change just because you get a more veteran top laner. I, I don't think Smitty J was the problem with that team. And and let's be real about Flaxish, right? People don't like talking about it, but the reason that he's been bouncing around from place to place and still hasn't found a spot is because he got himself banned for a year from competitive play. There are very few players that have been banned for an entire year, and Flaxish is one of those guys. That's why he's on seven or eight different teams if you look at esports wikis during 2015. He could play for a whole bunch of different teams for minor tournaments because he couldn't play in a Riot-sanctioned event. That's kind of hard to make a career out of. And, you know, since then, has he done enough? I, I don't know. I, I feel like if Dignitas had seen something in him, certainly when he was a substitute for them, there were not-so-great topliners on that roster, and they refused to go to his way, so they didn't have a lot of faith in him. I don't, I don't see where he somehow turns things around and becomes suddenly this really competitive dude. I don't think upset's going to be the answer either, just because even as a young guy, I think that there's only so much an AD carry can do right now. I think it's going to be, can Mighty Bear really develop? Is Mighty Bear going to ever become the player that we were told he could be based on his LSPL performances and that potential that he had? And... I mean, shout out to Giants, right? How many years have we discounted them and then they end up going on some run in the playoffs or in the regular season and we're like, oh yeah, right, Giants doing their thing again. And and Knight will make you relevant. They'll be relevant in just about every series. But I want to see either really a, a stronger pickup in the jungle than Mighty Bear or I need to see a huge step forward for Mighty Bear. I don't, I don't see this team getting <laughs> much anywhere. I, whatever Flaxish does. Um... Shall we move on? I, I believe we have to talk about what I'm sure is your favorite roster move. I'm, I'm going to give you just 30 seconds because I don't think there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, Selfie has been replaced with Power of Evil on Misfits. Walter, your thoughts? It seems entirely like a lateral move. It seems like there's something else at play. I, I don't know. I don't think Selfie played all that terribly during the Challenger series, and I don't think that Power of Evil played all that well during the regular split. I don't think he's played well ever since he left Unicorns of Love, and I think he's proven that that Unicorns of Love split was an aberration, that it was just perfect meta for him, um, that that team just played around him very well, and the second he moved away from it and you know had to play with... Granted, harsher personalities in, in Soaz and Amazing, but... Mm -hmm. He wasn't the core of that team anymore, and he's not going to be the core of, of this Misfits roster at all. No. Han Sama is a god. Yes, he is going to be the next. He's the next Reckless. Let's just let's put it that way. And you, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know I'm not the highest on Reckless, but he is that next great. You know, eighty carry in Europe, yeah. and eighty carry in Europe is not a very strong p position traditionally, but they tend to have one really, really good one. They yeah. tend to have one, you know, gen in each generation, there's one really, really good one. Europe's definitely known for their mid laners. And Power of Evil for Selfie is just, it seems so lateral to me. It, it just doesn't make much sense unless there was something else at play here. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, you know, obviously Selfie is a, a player who has a lot of history behind his career. Uh, it's certainly the MYM scandal and everything would kind of be the, the glaring mark on anyone's record. Um, and it's, it's an unfortunate situation that happened to him. But we have seen him in the LCS since then. And his LCS performances have never been great. 
And that's not to say that anything Power of Evil did could be categorized as great last split. But, you know, they had a, a solid record in the spring with him. You know, he had a 3.76 KDA winning record when he was their starting mid laner. Um, did okay in the spring playoffs for Origin. Uh, the summer fell off, certainly, but it's not like... You know, he's not a young player in his own right, and he does bring with him a lot more experience and more sustainable experience, I think, than Selfie. Now, which of them has the higher ceiling? I'm inclined to say neither of them. I, I think that, <laughs> and that to that extent, I think you're, you're right in that fair. it's a lateral move. That's fair. But it is one of those, like, if I, which one has the potential to, to fuck me over, for lack of a better phrase? Selfie could just collapse on the big stage. Power of Evil... He's going to have a few champs in every meta where he's going to be good enough. So if, they, if we actually do move to a five-band system, I start feeling a lot worse about Power of Evil. I'm just throwing that out there right now. That would be that would be fun. But um, but let's move to North America. I'm just, I'm just not impressed. I, I meh. No, it's, it's, it's not impressive. No one should... It, anyone who is leaving that move feeling impressed, I think, is coming about it the wrong way. It's a matter of, do Misfits want to win now or win later? And that move, to me, says they want to win now. They want to be a playoff team this split. And they want a guy who has made it to the playoffs all splits but one in his career, and that's Power of Evil. And let's not forget yeah. how, how twisted that origin situation he was playing in was. How ex Peke's mom was causing all this drama behind the scenes. How Forgiven leaves after one week because of everything that's going on in the house. And doesn't, I doesn't. mean, it, it all does affect... It affects your mindset as a player. It affects your desire to to work. Doesn't like affect crazy. that. Doesn't doesn't the forgiven thing has no water with how yeah. terrible he was in the early part. But of when thing. you don't have an eighty carry, when your eighty carry is either ex peke right, or an actual toaster. I'm talking about spring. Where spring had a fine record. They did well in the playoffs. They were a good, decent team. He had to be replaced in every elimination game with ex peke. He had to be replaced by Xpeke in every elimination game. They had to play Xpeke to even get in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, but other than that, though, they won. other than the clutch factor, other than him having to, you know, shoot forty percent from Look, beyond the arc in the playoffs. I yeah, absolutely. I said that Misfits wanted to make the playoffs, not win there. That's just, this is not a move if you want to win a playoff series. This is a move that says I want to be good enough to make it to the playoffs in my first split as a team. That's what they did. Whether that's worth it or not, I don't know. I don't see much potential in either of those midlaners, so it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. But we will move forward. Immortals. This is this is what we were talking about earlier with IEM. This, 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 this gets this fun. Hot. This is hot. Th there's some dank Maymay potential here. It's a shame that Massacre changed his name to Cody's son, uh, i.e. their new AD carry. Uh, Up-and-comer, I think it's safe to say. Uh, from the North American scene, uh, Walter, you you followed way more than yeah, and I followed his career. T definitely up and comer. Uh, he played last split uh, with Dream Team mm -hmm. uh, with Biofrost. Uh, before Biofrost left for TSM, he was linked to TSM as potentially their AD carry. It really kind of came down to, um, uh, according to Jacob Wolf, it was it was TSM Team Liquid and uh, Immortals, but he really wanted to play for Immortals. Um, yeah. So I, I, he would have been my pick for TSM, honestly. Mm -hmm. If we weren't going to go the forgiven route, because whatever, let me live in my dream world where they get forgiven. Um, this this kid would have been my pick. He is very very impressive. Um, it was the best eighty carry in the challenger scene. Was definitely better than all tech. 
um, was definitely better than than Fabi and whatever else the team Liquid tried to throw out. I think he was better than Piglet straight up. Yeah. Um, at that point, like granted, Piglet's still a world champion. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think it's an absolutely phenomenal pickup. Um, getting Dardock, who is I think the single most valuable talent huge. in North America, absolutely huge, massive. I Bjergsen beats him out because he's an NA resident technically, but he's under contract until 2018. So, but but this is what we talked Dardoch. about last last year, right? I, I made an argument that Dardock is the second most valuable player in North America right now, simply because he is a North American resident in a position in which there are very few of them who are good. Yeah. Like that, like, I mean, again, you look at some of the other junglers, you could have Medios, you could have Kez or Hard or... They have like two of the best young North American talents at their position. And then, and then on top of that, just throw some flame in there because why not? Because Daddy Thorin needed that. We we get to force Thorin to watch North American League of Legends on a regular basis. Oh God. It makes me so happy. Look, this is good. This is great for me, personally. You got to be selfish earlier when you said save my soul about TSM, like there weren't any other TSM <laughs> fans that also needed prayers at the time. It was just your soul. But Screw no, them. this is this is going to be my selfish thing. I need a North American team after Renegades got kicked out. I've been a widow for a split. That's my, you know, that's the fandom rule, right? You got to no, give yourself you are not time to heal. No, of course I no. am. No, you are not. I get I get claims from no. CJ and displays no. back in season no. two. I have claim to this. No, I have claim to this. No. Okay, here's here's the thing that we have to clear up for. To all tech, you did this to Pro <laughs> See, this is what I thought you were gonna say. Pro Belter suffered through you already. Don't do this to Immortals. <laughs> no, Winston has not done anything to deserve this other than besmirch negotiations for Gorilla and potentially Pickaboo and then use every single one of these things, including that, to just sell jerseys because it's Christmas time. I guess that's enough. I'm sorry, Dylan. I'm sorry, uh, Noah. I like your I like your org. I'm rooting for you guys to split. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. I have, I have to. How how are you expecting me to watch the NALCS every week and not root for Flame on a day to day basis? It can't happen. I'm gonna root for Flame on a day to day basis. Exactly. I hope it's to carry meta. I hope they kill teleport as a a spell and we just get to see Flame ignite people and play a Kali. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, just bring Westor back. I mean, speaking of Taiwan, West Rice. I meant West Rice. West Rice. I was gonna say West. <laughs> like, thank you for making the segue easier. I'm almost positive you're wrong, but I'm, I'm gonna let it stand. Uh, Ollie, uh, previously the support for Hong Kong esports, Pain Gaming. We, we mentioned all these things earlier. It's it's a weird list of places to have been, but he's been there, and he looks to be the support. I, I guess we're fine with this. I mean, I watched Hong Kong esports. I thought their bot lane was fine. I didn't find anything about Ale so particularly impressive that I'm like, oh yeah, man, next to Flame, Dardock, and Cody Sun, this is a guy so whose name will go down. He speaks English. Very well, well, I mean, I would imagine you'd have to. And he has a really good personality. I think yeah, uh, sure. Fion or Obscurica was tweeting that out earlier. So I mean, look, I I'm sure the guy's a likable dude. Um, I want to see him succeed at a professional level of a major region. Which we just have to see. We haven't seen it yet. I, I hope that he does it. We have certainly seen, right, that, you know, look at what uh, Core JJ is doing right now, right? You can have been all over the world and then find your, your position and, and hit your peak well yeah. after people think. So he also, he also knows Portuguese from his time in Brazil, so he can act as a translator for the, uh, the CSGO team. There we go. 
Look at Noah. He's just he's just translator player. Like that's just fantastic. I own two birds with one stone. I, I get the feeling that he'll be utilizing that translator position slightly less. <laughs> Just a little less often, but I do like I do like I like this Immortals roster. Uh, it, is here's the question I have to ask Walter before we move on. Is this does this have NRG potential? I.e., the team yeah. that we look at it and it's a whole bunch of guys with names that we really like, and then suddenly things don't turn out very well and the the chemistry is just not there and it falls apart because we really really liked what NRG was putting out there uh, in the spring split. And I really, really like this Immortals roster. And I just don't want to be hurt again, Walter. I Well, you're going to hurt yourself again because this is just what happens with you in esports <laughs> teams. I think the, the difference is there's two players that have chips on their shoulder. Mm. And, and you're going to be the too many knuckleheads theory, too many knuckleheads theory. I think Flame and Dardock after the past year that they've had, are sick of it. I think they're yeah. literally sick of being a butt of... I, I think Flame is sick of being a butt of every joke. I think that Dardock is sick of being known as this obnoxious kid who's screaming at his owner. I think they're both sick of it. I think that the the infrastructure that is in Immortals... Now, Dylan Falco is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Hermes, Hermes, formerly of uh, Renegades, is there now. Um, either he's the head coach or not, but they still have Robert Yip, who's their performance coach, mm-hmm. their esports psychologist, whatever you want to call him. Um, I think that Dardock and Flame are going to really try to inter- you know, internalize and focus this chip and really go after people. Um, Flame's issue may just be meta. If it is going to be the super tanky, like he's not bad at Maokai and Nautilus, it's just that's not him. That's not what Flame is when he's at his best. And honestly, Flame at his best was in Season 2 when Teleport wasn't a thing except for cheesy compositions out of CLG. just wasn't. You played it on Rise and that was about it. It was Ignite top lane. Yeah. So I, I really think, though, I don't think this is going to be full energy where we're going to be laughing in you know, the summer when they get relegated. Um, I don't think they're winning like Spring Split necessarily. I think it's way too open for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think they're going to be dangerous. I definitely think they're going to be dangerous. Yeah. No, I think this team's scary. And I, I think that the difference here is you look at the infrastructure, right? And Immortals, now we have a, a year's worth of hindsight of understanding how this organization works. And Immortals have made nothing but good moves. I mean, yes, has it, transla- it has not translated into postseason success. That is a very common criticism. It is a very real criticism. But... Obviously, they've made the roster changes that they believe are necessary to make that goal happen, and they've proved enough infrastructure-wise in both this and all of the other esports that they're now invested in. They've invested in quite a bit. I have a feeling the system works, and that's why I'm more confident to go with them than I am with, say, NRG, who uh, we'll get to in a bit where their fate ended up in League of Legends. (laughs) Uh, uh, Spoiler alert. Uh, you should never believe what a PR person says on Twitter when their job is to make you believe a certain thing. I know it's shocking, but, uh, Reddit any day you stop believing anything every owner tells you, uh, you're, you're (laughs) welcome to join the rest of us out here. Uh, team liquid. Speaking of teams, I know won't finish in first place. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So we, look, we knew 
I don't actually we, know they won't end up. We knew this was going to be bad. We knew it was going to be rough um, because we knew that Phoenix, you know, despite everything that we said when we were wrapping up Breaking Point, uh, I, it did not appear that Team Liquid felt the same way about Phoenix that we did. Um, and, he, you know, it's it's one of those things. Phoenix is going to go down. And I, I, I'm hoping that we see him get picked up by someone else in an LCS squad. I don't know how we would find a place in Korea. But for the record, um, eight MVP uh, awards uh, as in, in the summer of 2016. Uh, two second most weak MVP award appearances uh, in the spring. Uh, top CS at 10 minutes for mid laners in both spring and summer. Uh, top two damage permitted in both spring and summer. Uh, top five KDA in both spring and summer. <sighs> Uh, this is just highest champion pool, just highest number of champions with a positive win rate of any mid laner in North America in both spring and summer of 2016. So all of that matters and is relevant and they're losing that and they're losing it for golden glue. <laughs> golden glue. And that's the thing where even people who are like, look, you know, I, I think of Phoenix as the Eli Manning of League of Legends. And that you just watch him in the eye test, like it just doesn't line up. And you've had enough like bad Phoenix games in your head to be like, oh god, like this guy, we're gonna say this guy's a top mid laner. And then you look at the numbers and you look at you know actual performance week in and week out, and you're like, damn it, he's a top mid laner, isn't he? Well shit, the how that happened? Like, he, his moments are just so far. Like Bjork said, you can almost guarantee once a week he's gonna make a moment that goes wow like wow that's a top mid laner and phoenix just doesn't there's so few and far between like he's stable he's consistent he's so he's, consistent I, he's all reliable he's all reliable and i just don't think that you really can get away with that in the mid lane i just don't I think see, you really can see to me that makes him a better mid laner than most of the mid laners that I see in North America nowadays, because at least then, like, who would you take over him? You take Bjergsen over him, obviously. Yep. Would you take Poe Belter over him? Yes. Would you take Froggen over him? Yes. Whew, okay, you and I disagree on that. Would you take Ryu over him? I say they're even. Okay, would you take Ninja over him? No. Would you take Huhi over him? Even. You think Huhi is even with Phoenix? I say Huhi has higher ceiling. I, I, there, I, Huhi's had games where he's legitimately hard carried. I, um, Phoenix is, I remember the one, uh, like, what is your game and one victor game where in the past two years that he's hard carried. What? Oh, come on now. That's and maybe maybe a, like a couple of zero games, a couple of victor games, and like a couple of blunt games. But you tell me he has the yeah. highest, win, like he has the most champions that he has winning records with. Like yeah, he what plays is a his, lot of different champions. He plays a lot of different. What is his signature champion? It's a zero. Aren't we the ones that always say, "Man, we really need depth and multiple ways to win," which he does very well. That's true, but like, if I'm if I'm like I need to win a game five and I need my star. I need my player no, to make he's, plays. No, he's not a star. He's a, he's a number two guy. He's a great... If he's your second best player, 
You were on an amazing team. That's fine, but he he's been their best. He's had to be their best player. Well, and this Piglet fell off. Yeah, a and Golden Glue's about to become their worst. So I mean, this is the problem, right? It's like uh, yeah, okay, I, like you can make whatever claim you want that maybe Phoenix isn't exciting, even though he consistently is very good. On his bad days, he's still very good, and on his good days, he's great. But now you've got Golden Glue in there, and that's just not yeah that. I I felt like after Ember we had enough experience to know that that was not going to work out. <laughs> he played on Team Liquid Academy last split. What do you want? How much money did he make from that Ember deal? How is it like? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know if those too, salaries. Too are much. Up. Too much. Is it? We, it was we six don't know figures. how much he's made. Yeah. We don't know how how much he actually got out of it. I think he, he did have a six figure. I just deal. remember it was a six figure deal, and he was benched before the the Challenger season started, and I loved every second of it. But I mean, so that's Liquid there. And they've got Rainover and they've got Piglet. I'm, so. I'm, I'm out on Piglet. I'm yeah. so out on Piglet. I thought like, that's what we agreed upon, right? Like, who saw what Piglet has done over the last two years and said, yep, that's something that should be run back again. This is a healthy situation for Team Liquid and Piglet. I, I guess they feel like cleaning out Loco, cleaning out Dardock. There's a, a chance, like, this might be his last chance. I... We'll see. I I have no faith in him being anything other than the I'm gonna be honest, whiny man child that we saw in Breaking Point and in the other in Rebirth and all those other shows. Yeah. And I don't think bringing Rain over in is necessarily gonna change it. And I don't think changing to David Lim is gonna change it. David Lim may be a fantastic coach. I, we haven't seen him. He says all the right things. He seems extremely mature. Yeah. But if. A Korean speaker, no offense, David, if a Korean speaker couldn't get through to Piglet and get him to get with the program, I I don't know what your communication level is with him. When he's shown that he just doesn't have the desire to interact with his English-speaking teammates and he doesn't have the desire to actually learn English and be friends with them and all that jazz. And when you guys were scrimming in the offseason, he was spending more time. Like, I just don't see it. I don't want that kind of player on my team. Like, at least Dardock is not selfishly being like, I want to, I I just don't want to be included. He's, he's pissy because he's losing. I'd rather have that kind of immaturity on my team than someone who just doesn't want to be part of the program. Can I just, I mean, look, Liquid, guys, if you want another Korean AD carry, Loken's available. Like, for whatever <laughs> reason, ever let him go. He hasn't been signed. Like, there's still time, guys. You don't, like, it's not like there's a special relationship between Piglet and Rainover you really have to hold out for. And if the whole idea was like, well, you know, Rainover's one of his biggest advantages is that he speaks English so he can communicate well with his teammates. Oh, that's great. Awesome. So you have someone who can commu uh, translate between Korean and English? Seems like that would open up your range of 80 carries to people that are not named Piglet who have provably not worked for well for your organization for two years now. Or you could have kept Dardock and just gone and got Praying Gorilla. That mm. also would have worked like, out just I fine. Mean, I mean, if you're going to drop Phoenix, which I'm not sure you should have, but if you're going to... Ah, God. It just, I mean, the it original plan, according to like, the Jacob Wolf screwed up, was it was going to be snapping Gorilla, but then he screwed that up, so God damn it, Jacob Wolf, how dare you? Yeah, first of all, I, the fact that Jacob Wolf just has that much power and just wields it so recklessly. I mean, come, yes. come on, Jacob. You have to use that power to give free presents to kids on Christmas and you you know, other, uh, other you things that a you know, journalist does, right? You should have gifted TSM a good AD carry. 
Should we just get there? Are, are we done bitching about Liquid? I feel badly because Liquid fans are always, you know, they always feel like we hate them and we really don't. It's not their fault. It's, it's Steve's not, fault. Yes. I literally, I blame everything on Steve. Steve I think Steve, Steve fucked this up. a mediocre owner and he does, he, he walks the walk. He got the massive funding from the Wizards uh, part owner and from the, the Warriors. Like, that's all great. He does the stupid spoof with his ATC smartphone. Like, he does all this great stuff on the surface. He's a terrible, like, personnel guy. Like, yeah. He's made some really, really bad decisions over the course of his tenure in charge. And, so. and more, most importantly here, there's a sunk cost fallacy that he's falling into right here with Piglet. Because you've invested two years into the guy. What is going to happen this split that you haven't already tried? What is the process with this player that you haven't done? And if you haven't done it in over a year and a half, are you incompetent? Or did something just come up that has fundamentally changed Piglet's personality? Because as far as I can tell, nothing has changed. And people don't change that quickly as who they are. So I'm inclined to not believe you. And if the cost of keeping Piglet, let me remind you, the cost of keeping Piglet is golden glue in your mid lane. Just, just think about that. That's what Piglet's costing you, right? You could get a North American AD carry, some challenger dude, and you could have kept Phoenix, or you could have imported a good mid laner, but instead you went golden glue. So that you can keep Piglet, who has never worked for your roster. That's incre oh. It's incredible! I love it. I love it so much. Just keep ignoring all history, all evidence that you have I'll, of I'll working just, with this guy for as many years as you have. I'll just say, though. I'll just say, though. If you're going to go with a North American guy, there were people that were clamoring on that when they announced it, going, why didn't they get Tuesday? Why didn't they get you know any of the other Proving Grounds guys? Like, we saw them play in the open yeah. qualifier... They aren't great. No, they're not. Like, they aren't very good. At least Grayson Glimmer, Glimmerson, however you pronounce his last name, <laughs> at least Golden Glue, at least GG has been on stage some time. Yeah. He's got some veteran experience for him. Like, this is the, like, mm, let's try and win now move. This is like the, this is like the, the, the Dallas Mavericks. Like, let's just get in the playoffs this year. Let's just do that. We'll see where everything else is. Uh, let's just stay relevant. We're gonna stay relevant because we don't see that that like number one. We don't see that Joel Embiid sitting in the draft. Yeah, well, see, this is why I wish we had a draft because I would love to see like how teams would form if there was a thing like a first round draft pick. Because I, I mean, like it almost feels like Liquid's just stocking up assets, right? Like, couldn't you ship like in in an NFL NBA kind of world, right, where there's franchising and so teams develop yeah. into deeper rosters. Couldn't you see like Golden Glue and Piglet being a a package deal for some big name player? Like I it, like I mean it's <laughs> what's what's your trade here because well, I don't think anybody wants Piglet. <laughs> well, I that's the question really at the end of the day, right? I mean, certainly well, Phoenix won. Like, Phoenix won got Arrow. I think they're a lot happier. Yeah, that's a much better choice. Like, that's... You get that, you get Ryu, you get Adrian. You know, Zig and let's talk about Phoenix One, and then we can yeah. I can TSM. Yeah, no, I mean we're I mean Phoenix One. I think is, we can talk about quickly because I mean half of this team I guess is still the same. Brandini didn't really play, so Zig being their top laner and Nori being their jungler, that's the same. I'm ass I'm assuming we're not going to see much Apirian, right? He's just going to be a, a bench dude. Like this is going to be Ryu and Arrow's team. I don't know. I'm I'm not. 
I don't know. I feel like it will be. I feel like it'll be primary Ryu, but I I could see Pyrian playing a third of the time. It really depends is if Ryu is here to retire, if he's pulling a Dade and is just like, I just want money, like, I'll play some games, but I don't want to play all of them. Or if he's like, no, I want to make Worlds again. I Like, it really depends. Maybe in the spring we'll see more Pyrian, and then in the summer we'll see more Ryu, but like... I don't know. I, it could it could be 50-50. It could be Ryu plays every single game and Pyrian's just there to hold his jock strap. Like I mean, I don't want to see Pyrian unless we're in a long-range poke mid lane men, uh, meta, right? You know, his Varus was by far his best champion, I think. And I would love to see him on more of that. Hey, but, but like, if you want to be learning from any mid laner, don't you want it to be the guy who finally, like, got his career back together after creating Faker? Like, I mean, has Pyrian done anything that scar? I mean, the first half of Phoenix one split, I suppose, was pretty scarring. I mean, I, but uh, oh, like, nine scars at any point. Can't learn from Faker. Like, isn't the guy who kind of created Faker like not a bad teacher? Like, doesn't like Ryu seems like he'd kind of be like that. Like, I want to say Brett Favre, but Brett Favre is such a terrible example for I, anyone who knows yeah, football. I just don't. I, I don't know. I don't know how much of a teacher Ryu is. We've heard that he's kind of standoffish in the past. We've heard that he's much more friendly. We've heard a whole bunch of things about him over his you career. You see all the pictures from H2K where he's like in weird poses in his chair, like yeah, laying and no, sleeping and the, stuff. The guy is someone who I, I think it'll all depend on what that environment in the Phoenix One house is like. And I hope it's a good one. I, I hope this team's good. This team is fun because they can play around their bot lane. There's such a clear identity, right? How is Phoenix 1 going to win? Oh, well, Arrow and Adrian are going to hard carry. Well, how do they lose? Oh, well, Arrow and Adrian didn't hard carry. Awesome. Good they're going to play Protect the Kog'Maw composition. Yeah, they're going to play Protect the Kog'Maw. Inori's going to try to get some early ganks here and there. Uh, Arrow's going to try to get to six items because that's the only way an AD carry can be relevant anymore. That's what Reddit told me, so it must be true. Um, and we're just going to go on from there. Until the um, mid-season where they rework all the marksmen and all of a sudden marksmen carry super hard and then double lift comes back in the summer and oh my god, TSM went worlds! Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I, I, we got to get to TSM. You're, you're the TSM fan. People who listen to this podcast are very aware of your TSM fanboyisms. I See, t- when I saw this news, I, I'm as a non-TSM fan, my interpretation was, okay, TSM feels confident the double lift is coming back and they feel comfortable enough with the, how dominant they were in the summer of 2016 that they want to run it back a year from now. And that seems like a fine move for a team that was as dominant as TSM was. You're less convinced. And Why then, are you? And then and last then, week on yeah. day one of all stars, double lift had just a fantastic press conference coat, which was basically like, I'm really enjoying life as a streamer. I hope they succeed without me, and I hope I succeed without them. Not that I'm, like, wishing them bad... Like, I want to wish them poor success or anything because I want to come back, but, like, I really want them to do well, so I don't necessarily have to come back. Was basically the gist of it. Thanks, Double Lift. <laughs> it was basically the gist of it, which makes the whole, you're taking a break for not... For some the incident that happened, and will earn your spot back into you know Reggie, f you. You're <laughs> gonna beg me to come back. I'm just I hate it. 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 Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Wild turtle can't freaking play gin, and I know double lift couldn't play gin. 
But before I turn to slavery, I uh, so tell me how you really feel first of all, because I'm it's it's really subtle right now. How you're I got this move. TSM apparel for my birthday late. Yeah, they're at Worlds. Reggie didn't ship it out. Fine, whatever. I get it, Reggie. You do everything in that organization. You don't hire people to do anything. Whatever. It was late. I got it. Two days later, they announced Wild Turtles are starting Eddie Carey. I wanted to throw it in the goddamn trash. <laughs> I was so... Wow! Wow, first of all, double lifts to the trash. You, you would have thrown it in for the wrong reason. Let's be clear. Uh, second of all, I think DSM and DSM fans are learning what all of us learned back in high school. Uh, a break is a breakup. There's no such thing as a break. We were on a break means nothing. There's no loyalty here on either side. Doublelift is going to be very, very happy being a streamer. And as we've seen so far, if you're a popular enough personality, you can make bank. You know, how much money did I'm a cutie pie make last year? You think he misses playing competitively at all? What I mean, what does Doublelift have left to prove? The guy's going to go down. If he were to announce his retirement today, he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question. He will have been with a signature player as an AD carry on some of the out. most important North American historical teams. Time out. I know what he has to prove. What does he have to prove? Can he make it into the elimination round of Worlds? That's the that I, that's what you say. care he's about. He's got to win a world, but that's that will be his knock. That'll be. Oh, he never got out of groups of Worlds. It'll. Be, he is hmm. the best North American player ever. That's... He's the best player that North America, the North America, the the countries of like. Canada and the United States, the North American region, has produced. This Probably. is when I'm Pearson's European. He is literally the best player, and he has never, ever played in a best-of-series at Worlds. Ever. That's true. Ever. That'll always be his knock. That, that, that'll always be a knock against NA. Is going to be, yeah, you guys, you know, uh, you guys don't make it into, you know, the quarterfinals of Worlds very often. No. Doesn't, that, doesn't really happen. Like, that doesn't exist. Like, Wild Turtle! Made it into the goddamn quarterfinals at Worlds. And we're not going to talk about him as, as a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's the one thing I think he has left to prove. If yeah. he wants to. If he wants he to. He could go, you're right, I'm enjoying streaming way more. And I'm sure he'll start hanging out with his old buddies from Team Epic, uh, you know, in, in, in Dyrus. And they'll start streaming some games together. And they'll be like, man, this is fun. He's going to play with some, some I'm a cutie pie. They're going to be like, man, this is fun. Why would I ever... Oh my god, I get paid money to just show up at events now and I don't have to play games? Like, this is a... Oh my... This is fantastic! Yeah. You mean I don't have to play 10 hours a day to be good at the game? Holy... The one thing that is... As much as he says that, I feel like Doublelift is that... He's got that itch. And I feel like after the LCS comes back on, he's gonna see that little... He's gonna feel that itch. And he, he's gonna want to play. I, I, I truly think that. He's gonna see somebody else playing up there. He's gonna be like... I'm the best AD carry in North America still. These guys suck. Who's Arrow? Like, this kid's horrible. I could go out there right now and beat him. I like, mean, that, that's his thing, I, right? I feel like he's going to have that itch that All-Stars, All-Stars was a fun event, joke event, yeah, whatever, I'm going to go back. He's going to be week four or five, and I guarantee all of a sudden he's not, he's going to, like, slow down his streaming, and you're just going to see, like, a secret account, just, like, this random account just start climbing in Challenger and hit number one. you be like, I wonder who that is. He's playing an awful lot of Vayne. <laughs> awful lot of Vayne. Interesting. Vayne, 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 Vayne. I, uh, look, I, I think if you're a TSM fan, you have to hope he's that guy. Because if he's not, you're in a lot of trouble because you'll be stuck with Wild Turtle. 
And that's not a situation I think uh, any of you guys want for the long run. I mean, and honestly, I don't even say that as a knock on Wild Turtle. I know a lot of people are very hard on Wild Turtle right now. There's a reason that he did such a good job in a bot lane with Immortals last split, and it's because Adrian is a support who is built to babysit the AD carry. Some AD carries are just like that. Uzi is another very famous AD carry that did a lot of flashy plays, but needed to be babysat or it just fell apart. And that's just who he is. And, you know, Biofrost doesn't like to babysit. He likes to roam. He likes to focus on, you know, getting vision and setting Bjergsen up and all these things. Well, you're not doing that with Wild Turtle. Or if you do, you're going to die a lot. You're going to die. Wild Turtle's going to die. Top will die. Top die. All the die, really. Uh, it, it'll just... It's just going to require a systems change. And I is it going to be a permanent one? I don't know. It's going to be hard for Biofrost to relearn all of the support techniques he's going to have to learn right now to play a more Wild Turtle-oriented bot lane and then have to go back. So you're assuming that TSM would then say, no, no, we'd much rather Wild Turtle try to play like Double Lift? And man, doesn't that sound like a recipe for disaster, right? Which, which, <laughs> which option scares you more? The, do we need to make Biofrost better suited for Wild Turtle, or we need to make Wild Turtle more like Double Lift? Make Wild Turtle more like Double Lift. never happened. He went from being like Double Lift to not being like Double Lift. I don't think he's going back to getting a pentakill in his very first game as Caitlyn. It's just I, not going to happen. He's I, not that guy anymore. I don't think he's that guy either. But, um... You know, that's 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 so the hand you're dealt. Good luck. I wish you the best. I, I want to remind you, by the way, that as a TSM fan, you're one of three teams to ever win North America. You're the reigning champs. You went almost undefeated in your regular season. You, Don't care. You know, I mean, Don't care. I understand. Don't care. I'm just reminding you so that when the split starts and TSM's doing well, but not as well as, well as you would like. I just have to, you know, I, I'm preparing myself sure. to talk you off the ledge at week four because no they're care. five and three and you're like, fuck everything. Yeah, you're going to. I can just tell you right now. I don't care. God, they, they need to go undefeated and win MSI for me to be happy. <laughs> Sorry. That's what happens when you've been on top for so long. You just make unrealistic goals. Man, what happens when Bjergsen retires and TSM goes down to being like a mid-tier org? What are you going to do? Same thing that happened to every other Yankees fan in the past five years. <laughs> And Lakers fan, we just are going to drink ourselves into a coma and, you know, pray for one of our players to leak nudes of someone on Snapchat. Like, I... I thought that's what the bills were for. Like, don't you already have a drink to be sad, team? I feel like you're doubling up. See, someone on Twitter... Total sidebar. Someone on Twitter quoted someone who's like, I really honestly thought about going to the Bills game this weekend. And, and, and the, the woman goes, you know, it's been 17 years of this shit. We don't go to watch the Bills anymore. We go to party. And that's why you have Bills fans throwing other Bills fans through tables and, and jumping over flaming barrels and breaking their legs and, you know, all these other crazy hijinks. It's because, yeah, it, it's just turned into a party now. It's been 17 years. It'll end when it ends. Whatever. We're just going to go drink and hang out and be miserable together. <laughs> what being from upstate New York is all about. Hey, misery yeah. loves company, man. Yeah. And, and uh, you know... It's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing TSM. I, I think that they'll be better off than you think. Uh, you know what I think is, is probably going to be 
slightly worse than most people think. I'm going the other way on this. I Mata has signed with KT Rolster, so the roster that we speculated on last week is official. A lot more people are saying that KT Rolster is the team to beat in Korea. Are you still in that opinion? I yeah. I mean, I said that assuming that uh, that Mata was going to be in fact the signing. But just as, as we've every... seen Longju, we've seen SKT now pick up a couple extra guys. Nothing has changed your mind. Nope. I think for spring it's going to be S. I think it's going to be KT. Yep. I'm just trying to imagine a world in which Pawn, Deft, and Mata all perform to the level of hype that have been placed around them. Like that's that's Death a hard be a world problem to say. at all. Deft shouldn't be a problem, and neither should Mata theoretically. Deft has been Mata... the best eighty carry in the world for the past two years. Right, but now you have to share resources with Smeb. You know, who is a top laner that demands some resources. He's, he's certainly a, a big guy that, that needs to be fed. Uh, yeah. Score is not a resource light jungler, particularly not in this meta. Uh, Pawn has never been shy about needing resources. Now, and, and Pawn, I think, is the biggest question mark for this team. So, so what you're left with is, can Deft do like what Faker did back in Season 5, where Faker had the lowest gold share amongst all mid laners and still dominated. And I'm not sure the position's at a point where you could do that as an AD carry. That's that's not that won't be who has to do that. That'll be Pawn. You think Pawn, Pawn has to make this? Pawn up. will have to be the low econ guy or Smet. In all honesty, it'll be one of those two, and I think it's more likely it'll be Pawn than it yeah. will be. I think it has to be Pawn. I I don't think you want to put any shackles on Smeb, and I think you have to find a way to get Deft online every game, or what was the point of of making that bot lane upgrade, you know? Because Pawn's, Pawn's played with Deft. He's played that's with Deft. He's played with Imp. Like, that's that, always, they were that's all in the same of, Samsung house, too. Like, yeah, it's not like, like they that's haven't... That's kind of almost always really been... Their calling card is like Pawn usually seeds the resources to Deft or to Imp in that instance, unless it was like split push stuff. Yeah. Which was something Pawn did very, very well when they were part of Samson, uh, Samson White. When they did 1-3-1 one, one split push, he was very good at amassing resources that way. He was very good at being an anti-carry. And that's why he's here. He's here to be an anti-carry for Faker. He is here to negate Faker and basically to leave up the other two lanes as, you know, it's, it's going to be Deft and Mata versus Bang and Wolf. It's going to be, you know, Huni versus Smep. That's really where the battles between these two rosters are going to come down to, unless Faker has has figured Pawn out or Pawn has dra that drastically fallen off. And I, I, I don't remember exactly where. There is a rumor that a, there is a rumor that Mickey might be signing with KT to be their backup. This is this was something that I've like said like oh man that'd be such a oh that'd be such a good idea like just bring Mickey out just to beat Faker. Someone of consequence said it like an Emily Rand like somebody mentioned it like there's this slight rumor going around that Mickey might be signing with KT. I think that would be a fantastic signing. I think that would be an absolutely fantastic. I think it would be wonderful side. if only because a KT Rolster has been one of the best t Korean teams as far as cultivating talent goes. You take you know young unpolished guys and turning them Sunday, into arrow. yeah, I mean cacao. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Go back to history. Look at what people thought about score going into last year versus right. what they think now. Like, I mean, God, KT and. Blue and white back in the day, if we're going as far back as season four. Arrows, like, and, arrows and bullets, yeah. These, these guys know how to develop talent. They know how to, you know, teach these young guys and get them going. And honestly, 
You were saying before, like, would you rather learn under anyone other than Faker or Ryu? Uh, I'd rather learn under Pawn if he cares. If we're yeah. assuming this is a Pawn who gives a crap, that's incredibly exciting as, as a possibility. Um, I would love to see that move. I did like, by the way, uh, SKT, similar idea uh, behind it, I'm assuming, when they picked up Sky. Sky being one of the very, very few somewhat bright lights in a very cloudy gray CJ Entis season for me. <laughs> I Was that the, what you were holding the entire time? I mean... Cloudy gray. No, no, I, that wasn't my. Oh, okay. I, my my thing from before. I was I was actually hoping that you were going to find it much funnier when I, uh, when I said that uh, 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 Phoenix was the Eli Manning of of League of Legends oh. players, but that didn't land. I the just way. I just agreed with it. I was like, no, oh, yeah, you're kind of right. No, like, yeah, it's kind of correct here. That face when you're too too right to be funny. God damn yeah. it. Oh, well. I'll, I'll, I'll live. But I look, Sky is genuinely a guy that I am excited about potential-wise. He's a young player. He was basically trapped in hell. Uh, and by hell, I mean CJ Antis. And I, you know, I, I don't think they used him very well. I think the way they alternated between him and BDD was slapdash. It never felt like yeah. he had any chance to build any chemistry with any of the other players on his team. And now they're looking at a team that, at the very least, they've got a backup top laner, a backup jungler, a backup mid laner, and a backup support. They almost have a full sister team. Now they just need to sign Ghost from CJ Antis, the AD carry that no one can explain to me what happened to him. I'm still waiting. I sent out tweets about this. I want a, I want a Ghost Rescue Squad. Like, someone explain to me what the hell happened to this guy who was supposed to be a top AD carry in, in Korea. Why isn't he on SKT right now learning under Bang? Just fill out the whole circle. I I hate it. I hate being a CJ fan. And I hate that Winged and Pure are now on this team. Which means I have to care about CJ just a little bit. Do you um, do you care about CJ just a little bit? No, because they're gonna be playing in Challenger in Korea. I don't know if whatever roster they put together will be... Well, the problem is there's still rosters that haven't confirmed in Korea. We don't know anything about uh, about ever. Um, right. We don't know anything about MVP. Like we know very and, little about Jyn Air. Um, yeah, Jyn Air we know nothing about. Like, But Jyn Air is always like, yeah, we're sixth. They're the Everton <laughs> of, of CLCK. Yeah, but they gave away all the people that got... A, I, I do not understand for and the life of me what Jyn Air's decision was like how is how is winged on cj antis right now how did they not find a way to afford him of all people why is the only player they've signed raise like i just don't understand i have so many questions walter i i don't know i don't know what they're doing at all it's uh but no i i i'm not gonna care about cj antis because it's gonna be challenger korea it's not really gonna be super super relevant um, and i honestly i hope they're not because i have i have at least one split of mourning in in korea and sometimes you just you have to put the dog down. You just you have to know when enough is enough. The entire organization just just let it go. Just let it go. I don't. You don't. You don't know how to League of Legends, CJ Antis. You just don't know how to develop talent. I can't watch it anymore. I can't sit here and watch you hurt yourself and by extension me. You have a question. Is is shy going to be on any roster in any form? Sub, starter, coach. He's, he's got to be a challenger. Oh, he'll be somewhere. He'll be a coach or he'll be a challenger guy. Okay. 
Fair enough. Korea does a, does a lot of inbreeding. I yeah. I assume that players will be sticking around. And it might not even be League of Legends. Like, he might be a coach of CJ Antis' Overwatch team when they eventually decide to get one. Like, that's sure. that's how that. these Korean orgs do it, right? You have any that. experience playing in a gaming house. And Boss Toss. Kong Dew. Boss Toss. It's, it's all in play. Uh, let's talk about two, two, two teams really quick that have also made some big changes. Africa Freaks. We don't have the full roster, but we know that Marin, Kuro, and Kramer are all going to be a part of it. Walter, are you excited for this new look Africa Freaks roster? I'm excited for Marin, just because he's not an LGD anymore. Because he came back to Korea. Like literally all the all the best top laners in Korea or like all the best top laners in the world are like, let's all go back to Korea. And then somebody's like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm going to NA. See you folks. <laughs> I'm done. Like, I'm making my money. Screw all of you. Smeb like comes out of nowhere. Freaking Long Panda Award winner like two years ago. I'm the best top laner in the world. I'm someday. Smeb <laughs> just cuts him down last year. Someday's like, you haven't bested me yet. Like, this is still my throne. And everybody's like, Smeb's the best player in the world. Smeb's the best player in the world. And Smeb is just growing. Just like, like just, just growing. He's like 12 feet tall now. And someday's down there at like 5'7". Just like, oh, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. And then Smeb like swipes him aside. He's like, all right, I can still make the worlds. I'll, I'll get my revenge there. And then Kube. <laughs> And Core JJ just cheesed the hell out of him. And well, now he's going to play for Dignitas. Because, of course. I I mean, that's the best version of that story that I've heard. I can't come up with another with one. With Looper and, and Flame. They're just like, oh, hey, what's up? And somebody's like, God, God damn, damn it. Hootie's <laughs> <laughs> not even here? Like, who am I? It's, it's the John Travolta gift. Like, hey, he, wait, get, who, he gets who to play Impact, to play man. Against? Don't forget oh, Impact. impact. Ray, yeah, Ray, yeah. if Dignitas decides to resign him, then play. I honestly, I don't. I'm not as high on this Africa roster as some other people are. I mean, I, I, like I Marin's back. That's all I care about. Yeah, Marin's exciting. I like having Marin on the team. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Africa go a little bit more mid heavy, though. Obviously, they were very. I mean, top heavy. Uh, they were obviously very mid reliant last year. Um, I don't think Kuro is a guy you want to make your primary carry. So I think you have to kind of shift things around. And Africa's young enough at this League of Legends thing. We'll have to see. <laughs> so you pick Kramer? Yeah, Kramer. <laughs> we need a carry because we have Kuro. Look, let me let, let me make something <laughs> incredibly clear. I, I mentioned before how perhaps, just perhaps, Sky was one of the few bright lights in the darkness that was the CJ Antis split. I didn't forget Kramer when I said that. I was well aware that Kramer was on that team. And that is not someone I would consider a bright light in mine or anyone else's life last year. Other than maybe his his parents or whatever. I can't... I don't know what blackmail he would have to have on you or familial ties for you to be part of the Kramer fan club. It's This is insane. This is this is one of the silliest signings I've seen in a while. What was the bidding process? Who was bidding on Kramer so much that you had to lock him in? Were you really afraid that 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 three four nine KDA? I think it was an accidental email. Like Africa's like Kramer. Here's a potential contract. What do you think? And it was already signed. Oh, like he no. forged the Africa's GM signatures. Like oh look at this, it's already signed. He's like showing up with his suitcase. Like oh boy, I'm ready to play any carry for Africa. And Africa's no wait. 
<laughs> what? It's what? okay. What? He he brings his two and eight Lucian with him, so they'll be good to go. <laughs> I uh I, I love it so much. I really Africa, just keep on aiming for very middle of the road. Kramer, if you weren't good enough for the LMS, you're not good enough for LCK. Do you think bud. do you think Marin's back in the LPL by summer? You think he sees this, plays with Kramer for a split, says fuck it, and goes back to the money? No, I don't think so. It's in play. I, he why left would the money. You, like, he already left the money. Like, I. Yeah, but why would you want to stay on this Africa roster? I, I don't know. We'll see who their jungler is. We don't know the rest of the roster! We'll have to see who the jungler is. I, I find it hard to believe a team with Kuro and Kramer is going to be a fun team to play on as a top laner, because everyone can just focus you every game. Just yeah, every but, game. Smeb, but, or Expression, or... But Marin can literally say, I want... All the creeps. I want all the creeps. And sure. what are Kramer and Curl going to do? They're going to be like, okay, like we didn't need gold anyways. We're low econ players. It's all good, Marin. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. You're full tank Maokai. You need another wave. Got it. Yep. There's six items. Yep. I only have an infinity edge. Okay. You do you, buddy. Like, all right. Your insecure I love the pro stories. player voice is like my favorite personality that you I do love, on this pod. I love I the stories that, that have come out about how like Marin's like secretly been the one like pulling all the strings across the planet like no smeb like no you're gonna like everybody wants Marin. like kt's like Marin, come play like we got this awesome team he's like no you're gonna sign smeb or i'm gonna go to skt and like because they're good friends or anything like i love all these stories just go search them up it's got a million of they're amazing i uh i i love the korean scene for that reason there are a lot more stories than people realize and now that we're getting people like in to translate them more often it's it's quite nice they aren't real stories they're fake well i mean obviously obviously totally made up it makes Marin look like a goddamn mobster hey man they'd want you to think it was a made-up story wouldn't they Marin secretly running he's secretly the head of kespin we don't even know his his actions permitted are just too high to even track he's running both jobs at once he last year and Faker didn't. That's, there we go. There right. we go. Saul's so really he's the guy behind he's the he's the little finger behind the throne. Yeah. Yeah, Faker's sitting there and then there's Mara just whispering in his ear and Faker's like, nah, I got this. You, you know who's whispering behind uh Faker's ear nowadays? I think this Longzu gaming team is a legitimate contender. I think we need to take them seriously as a threat. And I don't know why more people aren't. We have Expression, who was the best part of that Longzu team from last split. Yep. You have BDD and Fly, one of which almost has to pan out, right? They can't both be duds? I mean, do they both have to be good? Like, they don't I have mean, to both be good, but you just... Like, if you're Longju, only one of them needs to be good, right? True. You just need to have one good mid laner, and BDD is super young. He's only 17 years old. True. And he's not going to be in CJ Antis anymore, which is already a buff. Um, and when you look at Fly, I thought he was a very underrated part of that KT Rolster squad last year. So I think that they're going to have a good mid lane. And you have Prey and Gorilla in the bot lane. You just literally stole the best bot lane for, like, no value because Prey and Gorilla wanted to stick together more than they wanted the money. And Longzu's like, really? No one, No one's going to take them up on this. No one wants to have the the best bot lane combo in the world. Okay, we'll take it. Like, why'd they get rid of Coco, though? Well, because what's Coco? Why would you go to Fly and BDD instead of Coco? Coco wasn't... Uh, if you watch Korea week in and week out, I don't think Coco was the player a lot of people were hoping he was going to be. He, he did not pan out. He went 6-18 and 18 last split. He wasn't even starting half of the games. 
Like, they were leaning towards Frozen more than they were leaning towards Coco towards the end of that split. And look, Coco and Frozen, I mean, this is the problem with Longju, right? Longju got a whole bunch of criticism because they tried to run a 10-man roster, and which eventually became eight, but they still were rotating in and out so much. That's, That's true. my one concern is that they over-rotate with BDD and Fly and just kill both of their momentum. But for the love of God, don't touch Prey and Gorilla. Don't touch Expression. Pick one jungler to stick to. And this Longzu team suddenly looks really good. You just need a good jungler. And I thought that jungler, 100%, I thought that was going to be winged. I thought when all this other news came out, I'm like, man, they're going to get winged. And this is going to be a top three roster. It's going to be between KT, Longzhu, and SKT. And I have no idea who's going to win. Samson's going here going, what the hell? We were second place at Worlds. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, fourth in the regular season and barely and fourth in the playoffs and just got by KT Rolster. And then forced a five-game series against SKT. Let's do it again. Let's keep run it back, Samson. Prove me wrong. I, I think that was uh I would love to see it. I look, I love Ruler, I love Core JJ, I love Ambition. I think that this Longju had Longju gone winged, I like the ceiling of Longju more. Now I'm very nervous about who their jungler is going to be. Because who's left that you're really excited about as a Korean jungler? I don't even know who you're, you're looking for at this point. Schwang? Bubbling? None, yeah, none of this makes me feel better. Bangi? <laughs> Bangi, I guess. Bengi, maybe. Lyra? Lyra's still around. Lyra's around. That's fair. Could do Lyra. Lyra's, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. The whole, just, the whole uh, thing's just a, an absolute mess, and I can't wait to, to, to see. You know, it, it's going to be fun when these roster changes finally sort themselves out, and we can say, for, you know, the, these are the teams. We know who they are. We can start doing our team-by-team -team preview series, which we know you guys love. But for now, this is where we're going to leave it. And I, I think this will probably be where we leave most roster talk until we do our team-by-team -team previews, right? Because we'll have IEM next week to talk about, and there's a yeah. lot of sales going on in the, in the Challenger scene. The, the Cloud9 Challenger team is going to be... That sale is going to be official, i got to imagine, pretty soon. Hopefully. Um, you know, we the, have an official date for when the next season starts. Well, the there next we LCS go. season starts. They... Announced it at All Stars, which was the the highlight of uh, of mine. It's the week of the sixteenth of January. Oh, perfect! So January sixteenth is when internet when league play will begin for the uh, see, for season seven. Just, the, just a month ago, guys. All we have to do is make it through a really crappy IEM event and three more weeks of baseless rockster speculation. <laughs> And baseless. And, well, you know, I, outside of Jacob Wolf, the number of Y Winnect and Y copycats I've seen. <laughs> I'm just done. I just like I don't understand how we as a society can exist in a, in a realm in which we question actual journalism 24 seven, but any wild random internet rumor is accepted immediately without question. I just feel like maybe we should flip those two. I'm not, you know. Maybe I'm wrong. Just the like feeling know. I get. But we're going to be back next week because we got to talk about I am. Uh, we got to talk about some of these sales going on. We got to talk about uh, the riot streams. Uh, so many fun things that are still on the horizon before we get all in on these team by team previews. <laughs> and uh, and I think we. I'm sure we're going to have a 
second podcast episode next week. I don't know. Do we have one coming this week? On anything other than League? I think we're... I don't think so. It's pretty dead week. Yeah, there wasn't a lot outside of the ECS, which was fine. I I mean, I, I guess optics a thing now. That's kind of cool. But outside of that, there wasn't really we'll see much. For the, so. We'll see for the major. We'll yeah. see. Like, E-League major qualifier. Like, E-League major qualifiers this week. Like, yeah, there's there's some stuff. Yeah, there's plenty of things that are going to be coming We have down other the things to work on this week. So many other things. And so, you know, Walter, Plants. if people... If people wanted to keep up with the news about these and other things, where should they go? Well, you guys can follow me personally at CADs underscore LOL. You guys can also follow the podcast on various social medias. On Twitter, it is at Rough Drafts Pod. On Facebook, it's slash Rough Drafts Pod. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching this, just click on subscribe, and then you'll get fancy little emails that are like, hey, we posted a video. Or you can look us up on SoundCloud and iTunes just looking up the Rough Dress podcast. And Chase, yes. where can the lovely folks find you? I'm at Red Shirt King, and you can send me all of your uh, KT hate mail if you think I'm, I'm being a little <laughs> bit more uh, too judgmental on them. Uh, you can yell at me if you're an Immortals fan and you really don't want me to ruin things for you and your team. <laughs> I, I deserve every message. I'll ignore them, but I will receive them and I appreciate them. Uh, and we will uh, come back next week. But until don't then, ruin them. don't ruin them. Goodbye, Bye. Internet.